Sometimes life can feel like one big project, constantly trying to put the pieces together. What if I told you it's okay to be a mess? Life is a journey and we must transform ourselves into who we want to become. We start by knowing who we are and with the relentless pursuits of our passion and purpose. How did I do it? With a lot of help from my friends. And we'll talk about all of that right here on The Beautiful Butterfly Project. With everything that we see on social media and television, it's hard to distinguish between what's real and what's fake. This often clouds our thoughts as we compare ourselves to what others have in their journey without ever really knowing what it took for them to get there or really whether or not it's authentic. Not knowing who we are can really cloud the view of ourselves and it can distort how we see one another. Authenticity is a collection of choices that we have to make every day. It's about the choice to show up and be real, the choice to be honest, the choice to let our true selves be seen. Breen Brown said this, and the key to authenticity is growth and knowing who we really are. Our guest today, Parish Hatub will show us exactly who she is as she walks to the beat of her own drum. She is perhaps one of the most amazing individuals that I've ever met and one of the sweetest as well. And she will share with us today some insight and some advice on how exactly she found her authentic self today here on The Beautiful Butterfly Project. Today here on The Beautiful Butterfly Project, we have Parish Haddub. She is a women's empowerment leader for the International Interfaith Women's Group. This is a group that Parish founded almost 15 years ago, and it began with eight women, and now she has over a thousand. She's led this group and cultivated space for healing, inspiration, and spiritual growth. Parish is also a meditation teacher, a Reiki practitioner, wellness advocate, double survivor of domestic abuse, and a certified spiritual life coach. Parrish believes when Eastern and Western medicine are infused together, they become a powerful tool for healing the body, mind, and soul. Diving deep within ourselves is where the magic actually happens. The self-care daily rituals Parrish teaches are meditation, prayer, mindfulness, living with intention, essential oils, and stillness. Parrish has traveled all over the world, including China, Bali, Austria, and the Czech Republic, just to name the few. She's actually going to move to Marabella, Spain in summer of 2022, so she and her family can discover new adventures abroad. Parrish is married, and she lives with her husband and three beautiful children. And along with her family, um, I know Parrish to be just an amazing individual that is selfless and that she gives to others through her experiences. She is truly a believer in oneness with humanity. 
The Beautiful Butterfly Project welcomes Parrish Haddock. How are you, Parrish? Oh, hello. Hello, beautiful. I'm good. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to have you on today because um, here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project, we strive to have guests and individuals that are passionately pursuing their purpose. And um, when I thought about guests, I automatically thought about you because of just your warm spirit and just the person that I know you to be and just how you're so welcoming and just so, so open to other individuals. And so I know that I gave you an introduction. So why don't you tell um, the individuals that I dub the Butterfly Nation just a little bit more about yourself? Um, sure, absolutely. Uh, so um, I am Iranian descent. I left Iran um, when I was four years old with my parents. We had to flee the country because of religious persecution. I am um, a Baha'i and when the government was overthrown, we left the country. And so um, coming into this country, you know, um, it was really new. Uh, trying to fit into a new culture. My parents told me I didn't even start speaking until like in second and third grade, just because I was so scared to speak, you know, being in the school system and learning English. So I was very shy in my early years, um, coming into a different country and trying to learn a different language. Of course, I've been here now for, um, you know, 40 something years. Uh, so that's my background, leaving my native country and coming here and the reasons why, because of religious persecution. And actually, um, people ask me, have you ever gone back to your homeland? And I, and I say, no, unfortunately, Baha'i still today are being per persecuted. Oh, wow. Um, so oh, wow. having that Middle Eastern background with my parents being immigrants in this country, and being very strict because they weren't familiar with the culture. My parents were very strict growing up. And I fell into my first marriage when I was very young. I was 21 years old. Um, I uh, got married. You know, again, they were very protective, um, you know, with the with the culture. And so um, it it was a very toxic relationship. I was in that marriage for five years. I have two amazing, amazing uh, gifts from that marriage, which are my two older kids. Um, my daughter just graduated from college. She is working at SAP in California, and my son is a senior in college in Arizona. Wow. And so, um, you know, being being a single mom for a short time after, um, I am a very open person. I'm very trustworthy and. Shortly after, I fell into a relationship and got married again. And, um, you know, the second marriage was toxic as well. And um, I was in that marriage for five years. And after my divorce from my um, second husband, I really had to look inside and see what, why am I attracting um, these men in my life. And so we can, we can table that later for, uh, this interview, but really, um, you know, being from a Middle Eastern culture and being into toxic relationships and then trying to find out who I am and understanding my worth was a part of my spiritual journey. And I would not have traded it for anything because it really got me to where I am today. And I can honestly say, I really, have been living my best life, um, you know, the past 15 years. And, you know, 
in order to find out, um, I guess, the areas that we need to really cultivate inside of us. It's these tribulations and these challenges that help us really dive deep within. And so I would not trade my experiences for, uh, for the world, but that's that's somewhat an understanding of what my uh, background is and how I got to uh, where I am today. I, I have um, remarried. My husband now is amazing. It's um, His name is Mike. He is my soulmate. And I can tell the listeners out there um, that when you least expect it, it will happen. So never give up on love. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that, Parrish. Um, it was so much packed in on what you said. But one thing stood out is that in figuring out why we keep making the same choices, we need to look within and figure out why we keep attracting um, certain energy and certain individuals. And I often say, even in my life, I remember the one defining moment where I started to uh, look within and um, made a decision to make better choices for myself. If you have to say that there's one defining moment in your life that forced you to make different decisions, what was that? Um you know, I think it was after my, I think it was my, my divorce, my second divorce. And I, I remember my daughter at that point, she, um, it was, it was the tipping. It was a tipping point for me in that marriage because for so many years I was silent. And I said, I just have to, um, deal with this, right? Because I just kept on telling myself, it's my second marriage. You have to make things work. We didn't have any children together. But I did have my two uh, children from my previous marriage. And the tipping point for me was, I will never forget. It's almost like it happened yesterday. Um, my daughter at that age, she was about seven, eight years old. And I told her to go upstairs to go to sleep. And she goes, but mom, I don't want to go to sleep. I said, why not? She goes, because whenever I go to sleep, all I can hear is... Um, I, I don't want to na name the individual that I was married to. But she goes, all I can hear is... Um, you know, my step my stepdad's voice just yelling at you. And that was like the light. That was a switch that just at that moment mm -hmm. when I realized that I am really hurting my children by staying in it and by her saying that to me that she didn't want to go to sleep uh, because she knew that the minute she was to go to sleep, she would hear his voice and his yelling that was the moment that I said, I need to leave and I need to understand what I need to do to cultivate a better life for my kids and myself. And so um, that was my aha moment in my life that I said, I have to be better and I have to do better. That's really amazing that you did recognize that um, because that takes a lot of fortitude and that takes a lot of strength. Um, I think we do have some commonalities. My mother, um, my my father was very abusive and, and I just remember a lot like your daughter just not wanting to go to sleep because you, dear, because you do hear the yelling. You do wow. hear, you know, just a lot of things that for a, for a young person, it can be very frightening. Yes, absolutely. And you don't, um, like you said, you know, sometimes you are so infused in your own situation that you don't realize that 
you need to step out of it and look at it from a different lens, from a child's lens. And again, um, that was that moment for me to hear her say that to me, that she doesn't want to rest because of the yelling that takes place when she goes to sleep. So, um, you know, I always say when we look at things in life from different lens, it allows us to really see an overall um, view, you know, get an overall perspective of whatever it is, not just looking through our personal lens. So um, that's something that I've always carried out with me. And so on your journey to making better decisions and moving on from that point in your life, what was the process for you in that? Because I know that you mentioned you are a single mom for a while. And shout out to all single mothers. Yes. <laughs> I don't yes. know how you do it. Because <laughs> you've been married as long as I've been married for almost 25 years now. There are some days where I feel single. <laughs> and thank Goodness, I don't have to do that every day. But when you were a single mom and you were out there forging a life for you and your two beautiful um, children, um, what were some of the issues or challenges that you faced? Um, well, finances was one. <laughs> um, finances was one. But I tell you, I had so, um, and I still do, I had so much pride at that time that I did not want to... Um, ask financially for help. I said, I'm going to do this on my own. I remember there were weeks where I would go buy groceries and I would let my two older kids, you know, um, you know, have the chicken and rice where I would, you know, be making myself sandwiches on the side just so that you can, you know, extend the usage of your groceries. Um, so finances was definitely there on the top. And then the other was really self-care, you know, as a single parent, you know, you are really playing that role of two parents for those kids at that particular time, right? You know, the other parents might be in the picture still and their father was, but really playing the two roles in the same household at any given time is very difficult. And so really self-care was something that I neglected for such a long time and um, really pouring back into ourselves is is such a gift that we can give ourselves. It's such a gift we can give our soul. It's not um, selfish by no means. And I say this to all the single parents out there that really find those times and those moments. And it doesn't necessarily need to um, cost money. When I, you know, always teach about self care rituals. Self care rituals don't need to just be about massages and. Um, you know, salons, things of that nature. It could be being in a quiet corner of your home, playing your favorite music, putting on, um, you know, a candle or diffusing essential oils and really taking that time for stillness and reflection and pouring back into yourself. So that's that's a big one. That's a great segue, actually, because I did want to talk about self-care and um, and on spiritually crafted your um, you talk about, you have a quote that says, when we pour back into ourselves, we can be present to serve others with love, compassion, and joy. So Parrish, I want to ask you, um, what exactly is your passion in life? And um, I know one of them is um, pouring into ourselves so we can give back to others. How did this become a passion of yours? 
I think my um, my passion in life is to really be um, a vessel of love, light, and service in however way I can be in my community, um, to the world. So, um, you know, and I think going through 10 years of um, hardship and um, tribulations in my life with these two toxic relationships really helped me realize that I believe when we go through experiences in life, it's not just about us. It's for us to take those experiences and whatever we have learned from those experiences, be of service to others with that. And so I knew that I had some kind of mission ahead of me. I didn't quite know what it was, to be honest, but I was like, I know that God did not place um, these tests in my life just for myself or even my kids. It was for a, it was for a higher calling. And um, I remember calling, it was seven or eight of my friends and saying, I want to start an interfaith women's group. And they're like, what do you want to talk about? And I said, you know, I want to talk about our spirituality and our oneness. And um, I have to say the eight that slowly, slowly um, grew to here 15 years later, over a thousand women, um, the one commonality that we all have as women is that we have that same beautiful divine feminine spirit that we have this um, gift to nurture and to cultivate and to be patient. And um, this is why we're mothers, of course, right? Because we are really, we're nurturers. And so um, instilling the gifts of our feminine power is really my passion to teach women how to tap into that how to tap into that power that we hold inside and not see ourselves in any ways um, as being weak because the moments that we have as women, and we tend to apologize sometimes for our vulnerability. Sometimes when we're amongst each other and we will cry um, and we tend to apologize, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm like, that is where our power is. During the authenticity and the vulnerability that we hold, that is where our strength is. It's not a weakness and just um, showing different ways to women how we can tap into that inner power that we hold. And that inner group is is just really so fantastic because uh, what I like about what you said is that we are one. There's a oneness to us all. There's a commonality, not only in that we're um, women, but in that we are human beings and that we are yes. people. And you have been really behind and outspoken about various um, issues that we see that happen um, each and every day, especially um, during COVID. The last few months, you have just been really that beacon and that voice that is always talking about unity and and really um, showing that light to other people. And on that same um, topic right there, and you talk about um, understanding who you truly are and not understanding at the time what you were going through and the purpose for it, but just letting um, that speak to you and um, guide you along the way. And all of us have a confident statement or a mantra or something that guides us each and every day. Um, 
you know, we all have our affirmations that we speak to ourselves in our meditations. What is one of those affirmations or mantras that you speak to yourself on a daily basis? Uh, to be open to everything and attached to nothing. Um, and I and I love that because when we are open to everything and attached to nothing, it allows so much magic to come into our life. And when we have attachments to the way we want to see our life, it it brings so much unnecessary suffering into our lives, you know, because um, attachments, when we have an attachment towards anything in our life, right? Um, it can be the way we predict an outcome or we want an outcome of a particular situation to be, or even attachments to material things, okay? We become basically um, a prisoner, okay? We become a prisoner to that thing or to that situation. But when we say we're going to be open to all possibilities and when we align ourselves, when we align ourselves with that light and that divine light that we all hold, we know that whatever it com- that comes into our life is just divine grace, is just divine light and grace, and we welcome it. And when we welcome that, we have to have an open heart because whenever our heart closes, um, our energy shifts and our attitude towards um, whatever the situation is also shifts. We're not as open and loving and kind and generous and compassionate. So I say that every day and I say it to my kids to be open to everything and attached to nothing. And it's, it's, it's a daily, it's a daily practice. <laughs> it's not something that you, you say it and you kind of put it, you know, in the back. It's a daily practice. And sometimes to be mindful of it throughout the day when a situation comes up that I'm going to be open to everything and attached to nothing. And it really does help with the, suffering that we always bring into our lives. (laughs) And that is so true. I am on a mindfulness journey (laughs) these last few (laughs) months. You know, I'm a part of a mastermind group and that's what we talk about all the time. You know, how our brain takes in so much information and and the brain doesn't matter. um, It doesn't care what information it brings in. It's only when we attach an emotion to it is when we start to develop you know, experiences and these experiences, you know, these expectations that can cause us problems in life, especially when those expectations aren't um, really those of our own, but they're um, based upon our environment. And so that's really great to hear you say, and I love it, be open to everything and attached to nothing. That is something that I think everybody should employ in their life each and every day. And so having said that, you know, we, you know, talked about, you know, your um, beginnings and how you are uh, brought to the, brought you to the place that you are now. And we talked about your passion. Um, and we talked a little bit about why you believe that you were created. And so we also know that, you know, passion is a little bit different from our purpose. And I see that you traveled all over the world and that you're going to be moving to Spain, which I'm a little sad 
Because I know, I know when I saw that, I was like, okay, she's moving to Spain. <laughs> it's like, and, and oh my and goodness. And actually, we sort of fast forward. We, we weren't going to move until a couple of years. And we're actually moving a little bit sooner. Um, we're actually moving this December. Um, we're not going to move permanently until summer of 2021. But um, we're actually, um, right before I, I came on, I was online doing some of the visa checklists that I had to take care of. And so we're actually doing a four-month uh, trip from December to April. And then summer, we will come back and sell our home there and then go permanently. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much about you, how you, you, like you just have this, you know, bohemian nomad spirit that I wish that I had a little bit of. And, and, and it's so great that you're teaching your children to do that as well, because when we avail ourselves just of each and every, every opportunity that comes our way, it just opens us up to so much more in life and to be able to share ourselves with others in other places. So I know that when and if you have this retreat and Spain. I'm going to have to be first on the hook in order to come because I know that those sell out quickly. And I'm always really hesitant because I have all these what ifs, but I'm just going to jump off the cliff. And yes, yes, because we're going to take a ferry and go to Morocco, Nicole. It's just going to be amazing. And you know, the, um, the quote, the quote, I'm a Baha'i and the quote that always, um, you know, um, we say in the Baha'i faith is the world is one country and mankind is citizens. And so uh, people do think that we are crazy because we have a very wonderful life here. We Georgia has been home for me for 43 years and we're getting up and moving to Spain and we don't know the language. The only um, the only reason we are moving there is well, first of all, to give ourselves and our daughter who is at home, to give her this experience of growth, okay? Just because I see, I think when we see the world, that's where we really thrive. And um, so that being one, and my sister and her family, they are there, but we don't, outside of them, we don't know anyone there and we're learning Spanish right now. But when we see the world and we see the world as one humanity, and we see everyone throughout the world as our brothers and sisters, you you really don't know any strangers. And that's just the way I've always um, been. And that's the way my parents have instilled those principles in me that the world is one country and mankind is citizens. It's us as humans that have, you know, created all these borders. But, you know, I feel like I can get up and go to any part of the world and see, um, you know, the people as my brothers and sisters, because we're all one, you know, our exteriors just look different, but we are all one. When we realize that we are all these beautiful souls walking around, our exterior mask is different, but the exterior is what separates us. And we have that understanding that, you know, we're all just beautiful spiritual beings, you know, trying to make the best out of this journey called life. <laughs> and we only have one. We only have one. Yeah. So we this, have to make it the best. <laughs> this is not a practice. That's so amazing. Well, I can't wait. So I'm going to be looking 
um, out for that information <laughs> for <laughs> for that retreat. So um, talk to us about spiritually crafted in the services that you offer. Um, you know, you offer some life coaching, some meditation and some essential oils. So talk to the Butterfly Nation about that. Um, well, the first thing that um, spiritually crafted was really um, designed under the umbrella of women's retreats. I've been doing women's retreats and um, they have just been wonderful. They're usually, I usually take anywhere from 15 to 20 women on retreats. And I've done so many retreats the last 15 years. So everyone had said, you need to do something with this. So of course, now that we're dealing with COVID, uh, all the retreats that I had planned for this year, um, I had to cancel. And it's okay. We learn to pivot and do other things creative, you know, with our creativity. Um, but I also do life coaching. And with the life coaching that I do, it's from a spiritual, um, you know, angle. So, if, you know, I know there's so many different life coaches out there. From my, um, from the way that I was taught, it was from a spiritual perspective. And so we kind of go into, you know, um, the essence of who are you, you know, and and you kind of go to, you do a lot of deep inner root uh, work with spiritual life coaching. So I offer services of that. And then I also do a lot of meditation Zoom calls right now. Some of them... Um, Actually, the first one that I'm actually going to do physically in my garden space is um, is October 2nd, which is the first full moon. And I do drumming. I do Tibetan bowls. I also infuse um, essential oils because there's a lot of healing that can take place in the body, in the mind, on a cellular level with um, high quality essential oils. And... Um, I have, you know, there's also a lot of uh, Native American flute music that I bring into my practice as well. Um, but it's really about community. Uh, I design spiritually crafted for for women and also men to realize there is this community to come together for inspiration and empowerment. And I believe that when women come together, not just them, you know, receiving information from me. But when women come together, that synergy that we create, and I always said, I, I will always be a student in life until the day I die. I never want to stop learning. And so that synergy that we create and the lessons, our life lessons that we discuss, you know, I walk away so many times, um, you know, after I've spoken to, you know, a client, a dear friend, and I'm like, you know what? Thank you. People are placed in our in, in our lives for us to learn from each other, not from them just to learn from me. So it's an exchange of um, give and receive with spiritually crafted. And I love all of the services that you offer because they are so needed. I recently started meditating um, the last couple of months in the morning and then in the evening and it it has done some amazing things for my mindset. Um, it definitely shifts the energy from the beginning of the day to the end of the day. And I'm just so grateful for it and just grateful for you to open up that uh, practice to everyone and just for everyone to experience that. And before... Oh, oh I'm sorry. Uh -huh. Yeah. 
Um, and before we get to our last handful of questions, I ask everyone here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project, um, how uh, or what advice would you give others for living a triumphant life from all your experiences for what you shared with us today? Are there any tips that you would like to leave others about living a triumphant life? Um, I think being being authentic and honest with yourself, and if if you if it if there's not this indication, right? It, it, we I, I believe we all have this indication that we we know exactly what we're supposed to do, but of course sometimes there's just layers of stuff that get in the way, right? And we doubt ourselves you know, to be present and be honest and be, be fearless, you know, being fearless. I always tell my husband, I'm like, you know what? That's, he always laughs at me because I always follow whatever I say with that's where the magic happens. And it's kind of become a tagline in our house, being fearless and being open and being honest with yourself and, and asking yourself, is this really is this really what I want to do? And I think that when we realize, first of all, we have to see how do we intend to live our life? If my intention to live my life is to be happy, peaceful, and joyful, I need to make sure that my lifestyle aligns with those um, qualities that I want in my life. So we, again, that comes with honesty. Um, there's a lot of things that I don't do that someone else might do. And that's because my intentions are to live a life of peace, joy. Um, and, you know, there's things that have to be deleted. And so whatever, however you choose to live your life, you have to be honest with yourself and ask yourself on a daily basis, do these things support and are they in alignment with the life that I want to live? And if they do not support that life that you want to live, you have to eliminate those things out of your life. Um, so, you, you know, I'm very, very sensitive with energy. And so energetically, if something does not come from a place of love, I cannot, um, subscribe to it. I am very, very sensitive to energy. So, um, that means not watching a lot of TV shows. I don't watch the news. Um, my husband watches very limited news, but I do not watch the news because I'm like, it really brings me down. And then how can I serve others when I'm like on a very low vibration? And so to live your best life, first of all, you have to be honest. How do you want to live your life? What are your intentions? And stick to that life. Be committed to it because everything, um, even those commitments that you have, it's not going to come easily. It's something that you have to put into practice every single day. If you want to be um, living a life of being mindful with intention. And I think, again, going back to what I had said earlier, when your heart is open, so much, so much beauty happens in your life when, you're, when your heart is open and you sit and you go into any situation with that open heart with no attachments to whatever your desires are. Because you know what? So many beautiful things energetically happen when your heart is open. And um, again, that, that is really where the magic happens is when our hearts are open because those moments that we never, ever could even dream of 
when our hearts are open, we're in this beautiful um, flow of divine light. And so um, just having an open heart, being present and being honest. Having an open heart, being present and being honest. I love it. I love it. I love it. And that's where the magic happens. I like it. Okay, I'm going to make some bumper stickers. I'm going to say 2020, that's where the magic begins. And that's what I think this year. I think this year has been a um, year of, of course, challenges for us. But there's been, I'm sure, a lot of magical moments that we can all collectively say we've had in 2020 because it has been a year of self-reflection. We've had more time to be home um, with our families. And it's been a year of awakening. It's been a year of detoxing, detoxing a lot of situations that did not serve us. So um, 2020 is really, I believe, a year of just pivoting our life and having another chance to create this life that we um, desire. And so I don't think 2020 is all doom and gloom. It has been transformational for sure, for sure. And so these are questions that I um, ask of every guest here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project. Um, Are you ready? Absolutely. If your personality were a color, what color would it be? Oh, oh my God. Nicole, have you not seen the way I dress? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm like this bohemian free spirit. Like one, you can't even ask me that question. I would just say I would be a rainbow. (laughs) Um. And I know that's the truth. I, I would, I would be white. I would be white, and I'll tell you why. Why white? And it's interesting because in all my interfaith uh, retreats, we take a picture together, and we all wear white. The reason I would be white is because white, um, in a spiritual sense, right? A lot of um, in a lot of spiritual practices, you know, even uh, in a lot of cultures, when someone passes away. You know, they wrap the body in um, white fabric, whether it's white cotton or linen. It's because it is the color of purity, okay, before you add other dyes to it, okay? Because as we can understand color, whenever we want to get another color, you have to add different variations of, you know, dyes to get, you know, green, red, blue, um, purple. But white is that base color that is just very transparent. And so, um, and there's no dyes, right? And so it's just that simplicity. So I feel like it's the simple pleasures in life that really ground us. And so um, if I had to pick, I would say that, but um, I can tell you, I probably had every single color of the rainbow on me today. So um, (laughs) that that was a very difficult question. (laughs) What is your favorite word? Love. (laughs) Love. Love is my favorite word because it's, it's, it's the root of our existence. Yes. Yes, it is. If you had one day left here on earth, what would you spend it doing? Going to a homeless shelter. 
Miss Parrish, I don't believe I've had anybody on this show say something like that. And that just is a testament of who you are. I I am just really a little thrown by and I'm in my and and people's answers usually don't throw me, but that threw me a little bit. That is, um, that's amazing. And the very last question is, do you have anything else to say to the Butterfly Nation for encouragement in today's times? Um, I believe that there are no coincidences in our life that every moment when we align ourselves with the noble beings that we are, it allows us to have growth and it really allows us to uh, create the most beautiful memories. And when we understand that we are all these noble beings, um, you know, we, we're in search of something better always. But when we really dive deep within ourselves and do the work, and sometimes the work that we have to do, it's, it's a life journey. It, it doesn't stop. The work stops. Um, when people are like, well, when do you ever stop learning? I'm like, you never stop learning. It's a lifelong journey. And when I say I'm a student of life, I want to learn as much as I can until I, um, you know, transcend to the next world. But I believe that when we live our lives with complete pure intentions, it really allows us to manifest our most amazing dreams and um, really being compassionate to me when I am compassionate to another human being. Um, Compassion, which especially right now, unfortunately, you know, there's so much division. But when we come from a place of compassion um, and love, we understand that that other person is no different than what we are. Their surroundings might have been different, right? But the essence and the core of who they are is the same of who I am. And so um, living with that compassion in my heart has allowed me to have so many amazing lessons that I would not have had if I did not have that compassion in my heart. And when I tell, when I said to you about going to the homeless shelter, Nicole, I have been going to Must Ministries and um, the past 15 years with my women's interfaith group. The past several months has been very difficult, of course, because we cannot go there. And I cannot tell you the beautiful lessons I have learned of nobility and humility when I have been amongst these amazing people at the homeless shelter. And so um, I am no better than they are. I just have different resources. And so I think that um, living our life with compassion and love, absolutely no, no and no exceptions to that rule, but always coming from a place of love and compassion allows us to have a big magical life. And, um, and and I'm blessed. I'm blessed and grateful and thankful to have had so many amazing people um, teach me so many, um, so many lessons. And again, if I was not present and if I didn't have that compassionate heart, 
I would have missed out on those moments. Well, thank you, Ms. Parrish, for being with us today on the Beautiful Butterfly Project and for being a guest. Thank you, dear Nicole. And, you know, I, I just want to say thank you for being such a beautiful light. I truly believe that when we recognize the light in others, it's just a reflection of the light that we hold within ourselves. So you are such a brilliant and radiant light. So I honor you, my sister, and thank you so much, so much for doing what you're doing. Continue to do it and inspire as many people as you do. Oh, thank you. It's about to make me cry. So I certainly <laughs> appreciate that. And we enjoyed having you here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project. Thank you, my dear. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you found it to be insightful, but most of all, inspiring. If you are interested in being a guest or learning more, please visit our Facebook page at the Beautiful Butterfly Project Podcast or email the Beautiful Butterfly Project at InnovativeButterfly.com. See you again soon as we take this amazing journey together on the Beautiful Butterfly Project.